2: morning everybody welcome to this monday edition of benzinga's pre-market prep spencer israel here with joel conan and dennis stick on the show today tiffany's gets its un- unsolicited takeout offer from louis vuitton so we'll talk about that bitcoin has its biggest move in six months earnings from at&t spotify walgreens a couple others google after the bell as well and our guest today tim seymour you know him from cnbc's fast money is also the CIO, Seymour Asset Management. He will join the show at 8.35. Joel, what is the word here overnight? You had a good weekend with Michigan football.
3: Oh, yeah. You're Great happy. weekend. Yep, yep. We beat Notre Dame, so uh, let's get on. But uh, I don't want to talk about Ohio State. Uh, S&P Futures are trading up eight and a quarter handles here at 302.8.50. Uh, we have taken out the high from Friday. One number, one number only. The all-time high basis to December contract. 30, 31 and a quarter. I'm sure we'll have no problem testing that today. Three handles away. Uh, Crude in the red by 17 cents at 56.49. Gold back above 1500, staying there up a buck 60 at 1506.90. Silver clinging to that $18 level, up 13.4 cents at 18.06. And good thing we keep talking about Bitcoin. Up $780 at 9495 Spencer, what's the news on Bitcoin?
2: Friday night, it was reported that uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping said that China should speed up their research into the blockchain. Uh, according to uh, Baidu, search results for blockchain were up more than 40 times the average in uh, over the weekend. So thank you very much, Xi Jinping, for that comment. So we Riot,
4: just- Riot shareholders are rejoicing here this morning. Our IOT trading up a cool 8.9% on this news.
3: Are there any blockchain stocks that?
4: <laughs> <back>? You <laughs> didn't want to oh. ask where it was.
3: Yeah, it's under, it's, what is it, yeah, it's
4: a dollar? It's up 15 cents, $1.83. But if you bought it on Friday, 68 you you're up 9%. If you bought it any time before that, you're probably down, though, so...
2: To answer Joel's point, uh, Overstock is still, I guess, technically a blockchain. Yeah, it's
4: trading. It's up 5%, 5.3%. But again, there's so many other broken stories here. I mean, the one thing about Overstock, though, is it stopped going down. You got it out. So if you wanted to, like, you know, just setting up trades for you guys, 9.85 would be my stop out. I mean, you're paying up 2 bucks, quite a bit. The rest of your 20% on something. But, I mean, at least it stopped going down. That was an ugly slide, though, from September the 13th the end of september in like two weeks i went from 29.75 dollars 75 cents to nine bucks that was ugly
3: and that was you what, know one of
4: the founders sold all his position there was a whole bunch of you know stuff obviously going on there but and a lot of other issues but it gets a little lift tonight with with uh, bitcoin being up
3: is that the same founder that was like having the affair with the russian spy okay okay i just want to get my uh Get my family. I don't
4: know. I I don't know any of those stories. All I know is the stock is in the gutter. But you know what? It's showing that stop going down at least. So you know what? Even if you're stopping, I'd stop out at maybe Friday's low at ten fifty-two. But harder to pay out. You're paying up over ten percent now. Eleven eighty-nine. I hate chasing stocks. Could they squeeze them a little bit though? It's probably some short interest there. Sure, they could. So um, what
3: about Bitcoin, I think you'd like your uh, twenty thousand dollar target by year end is not looking too good. Did I say that? Well you said twenty thousand for I said
4: twenty thousand. I don't know if it's said by your end.
3: Okay. All right. I
4: did say I did say I think it's going to twenty thousand eventually. I don't think the story's broken on Bitcoin. Um, I think it's still got I think the story has cooled off, but I don't think it's completely broken. All the other cryptos are broken on. I wouldn't buy any other crypto stuff. But uh, Bitcoin is still I you know, kind of I don't know why. I don't I, I'm not like I don't own any. I've never owned any and I've, you know, dogged it for a long time. But it's still like the story's gonna get hot eventually again. And that's why I just cannot bring myself to say that Bitcoin's, you know, going back under a thousand. I don't know long term if I'm a believer in Bitcoin, but I'm not as a pessimistic, uh, you know, as I was maybe two years ago, saying, you know, Bitcoin's, you know, not going to go up at all. And obviously it has. So I don't know. I'm about torn about on it. People? I'm not a crypto trader though, so take that with great assault. How
3: about the old? I've never
4: thing? made a crypto trade in my life.
3: Thanksgiving dinner, you know, the old I'm uh, Bitcoin and Thanksgiving dinner. That maybe. The- that was at seventeen, right?
4: Maybe, yeah. Maybe they could get another boost I, like I that. This gives it life. The question is, does it get sold at the big ten thousand level? Yep. Show me a chart. I don't know how do you get charts on this. I don't even know where you get a chart from.
3: Well, you, you, well, you could go to uh, Coinbase or you could go GBT. Because really,
4: there's no fundamentals, so you just gotta look at it technically. I mean, there's news, and obviously, this news over over uh, the weekend here with. Uh, uh, the blockchain stuff is what's propelling it here. But you know, really, you can't analyze anything fundamentally really about this. So you look at the technical.
3: Let's look 000. at the
4: technical. I'll look at a technical and do it. I haven't 000. looked at Bitcoin in months. So what's the technicals look like?
3: Go to GBTC. If or you go want. to the futures. Or he doesn't pay for futures. Oh, that's right.
4: Because so no, they charge me $700 a month because I'm a pro. It's ridiculous.
3: Uh, bu- bu- I'm I-
4: looking here. What are you showing me? You're showing me the Bitcoin chart here right now.
3: Yep. It's an ugly
4: 000. ugly downtrend. I'll tell you that much. Uh, uh, I don't know about 20,000. <laughs> I, I, that looks like sell the pop to me. <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts? That looks uh, like uh, a sell the pop to me. Yeah,
3: 10,050. The 000, trend
4: is down. 000,
3: ugly. Yeah. Let's close above 10,000.
4: Yeah, that's the big number. We need to get above. Joel's right. We need to give it above 10,000 here in a hurry. Hold it up there and then maybe you can start thinking about that, you know, thirteen, fourteen thousand area again. You can't get up over ten thousand. Katie Brother we we'll would be right back down those lows. So you need it in the next few days, you need this thing to get up above ten thousand. I agree, Joel. I concur.
3: Oh look at look at PCG under four dollars down a buck six at three
4: ninety-four. Real T- far. what what do we say? Page five. On our, on our trading book, the first four pages were, you know, one, first page support, second page resistance. Third page was uh, trends and the Purple Crayon Jeff Mackey page, which we'll credit them for. And the fourth page, with the Purple Crayon part, that is. And the fourth page was 50% replacement. The fifth page, we said, don't buy bankrupt companies. That's all the words on the page. Don't buy bankrupt companies. And this is another example. You know, you're buying this at five thinking, oh, it's going to bounce. Where can it go? You know where it can go? Go to zero. And you know what else? If you buy at 25 or you buy at five and it goes to zero, the guy that bought at five loses as much as the guy that bought at 25. They lose their entire investment. Just depends on the dollars you put in it. So don't think you know just because it's five dollars, you know it's, where can it go? They can go to zero. This is a this is a very strong case to go to zero. It's bankrupt. And we've already seen multiple reports that there may not be anything even. In, you know if they have to clean it out, there may not be not any anything left for shareholders. So. I can't bring myself to buy this at all. I mean, I think you sell any pops or any strength that you get. I'm not sure you're going to get any strength.
3: Uh, Lombardo 141 says your book is getting bigger and bigger. It started at two pages.
4: I know it's five now. So we're there. When we get to 100 pages, we can write it. Somebody else is going to end up writing it on us, though, because we keep talking about it on the show. It's going to be very simple. You know, like the first page is going to say support. And we're going to draw a little line, you know, with the stock. You know, it's got multiple slows in the same area. And we'll take our Jeff Mackey Purple Crayon there. So it's going to have about 10 words on the first page. It's going to be a lot, not a lot of words in this book. Just pictures. Like a picture book like for, you know, like kids. five-year-olds.
3: We'll do a kid's book, too. Yeah, a
4: kid's book on trading. We'll be good. But honestly, you know, that's – I, I try to keep – my strategies are very simple. Stock is upgrade, probably going up. How much is it going up? Well, it depends on the broker. But, you know, it's it's simple. Keep it simple.
3: All right. Uh, do we want to go over this PCG? I mean, let's just continue. Why More on-
2: fires, eh, Spence? More fires, they, there could be another planned blackout. As many as 2 million people could be, uh, could uh, lose their power. So more fires, more blackouts.
3: Man, oh, man, oh, man. PCG got, it took out that former low of a move down a bucko oh four. Yeah. I just think, think it's just – the institutions that were holding on to $5 are just – they're just not holding on anymore. Someone's looking for a short squeeze off the open here. I don't know how many people are going to be willing to cover this if they think it's going to zero, so I don't know. I don't think you
4: have a lot of shorts scared right now.
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: I don't see anything squeezing anytime soon. EIX, too, is obviously getting hit on this. Really got hit hard on Friday. Uh, If you're in EIX, you you know, danger Will Robinson type trade here. It's obviously, you know, we can just go back. We have precedent here because we saw this back in September of 20, or actually I'm going into November of uh, just 2018, so about a year ago when we obviously had some fire, the fires continuing. EIX went from $67 all the way down to 44 So if you think the party is over and EIX going to downside, it depends how bad these fires get. I mean, obviously that's going to be the big dependent here, but there can be some liability there too. So they're obviously hitting EIX as well. So caution on both of those stocks. Okay.
3: All right, Spencer, keep us rolling here with let's, the news.
2: Let's go to Tiffany. We somehow, and
4: I said, "What about breakfast oh at man, Tiffany's?" I, I just
2: got that song out of my head. Don't put it back in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Tiffany receives an uh, unsolicited uh, takeover bid uh, from Louis Vuitton. Ticker on Louis Vuitton: They trade OTC if you care. Is LVMUY? Too many uh, letters. The offer uh, values Tiffany. At around $120 per share, total value $14.5 billion. Dollars. The company has indicated that they will reject said takeover offer.
4: So, of course, it's trading at $130 when they get $120 takeover price. This market is just absolutely insane. It was already running up on Friday. These rumors—there was rumors kicking around this on Friday, was there not?
2: Really? Uh, I, was there, Spencer? Uh, can we? Can- they, they were, yeah there were rumors on Friday. there was
4: rumors flying around i heard something on friday about this and obviously those people who bought friday are getting significantly re- rewarded here this morning as we get confirmation that there was a bid put in place at 120 i'm gonna trade 130 you're buying it now now you're buying everyone else's profits here so i can't bring myself to say you know i'm gonna come in here and buy this on 130 hoping for a better offer or better bid. The same was $90 three days ago. So if I was in this, I'd ring the register all day long, up
3: 32%. Right. And what happens if, if they flat out reject it?
4: Well, they uh, did. They it, are.
3: What does it do? Go back down to... No,
4: a- no. Because everybody thinks now it's worth more. So right. the, the way these things work, when you get the bid, then they reject it. They're like, oh, they're going to pony up. They're going to give us more. So... That's
3: a lot more.
4: I, I think it's... I, I think I would ring the register. I think it's a gift. Um, obviously, you know, the people who bought on Friday, um, buy on rumor, sell on news, would be selling this news. But I mean, this was, news is getting bought significantly. You know, what's interesting though here. So Deutsche Bank upgrades the stock this morning. they take it to a buy and they raise their price target from 100 to 130. Okay. Deutsche Bank, it's at 130. Do I sell now? Is that what I'm supposed to do? You upgraded it this morning. It opened, it's been trading $130 all morning. So you're telling me, like, obviously, I can't buy it at $98.55, so what do I do now? Am I supposed to sell it? If the analyst is out there, let me know, please, you know, because you set $130 price target on your upgrade this morning. Well, it's $130.50. We knew this news already. Like, in the note, they're talking about the solicited offer, so, or the unsolicited offer, or whatever it was from Louis Vuitton. So I don't know. Tell, tell me, Deutsche Bank, what am I supposed to do here? The one hundred dollars 77 maybe, maybe you got to downgrade it now to sell because you hit your price target confusing girl
3: i would just keep an eye on the pre-market high we're continuing to go higher you just hit 131 even i believe i just saw a print there so you know if you had a large piece i mean oh no wait what the 132 44 i mean if, if holy it, man if you're an institution or a large shareholder in this and you're just sitting on hands waiting for 150 dollar Take out, then then go right ahead. I'm sure this is exceeding everyone's target. Would
4: sell this all day long if I owned it. I mean, yeah, maybe it goes to 133, maybe it goes to 135, maybe even goes to 140, who knows? But risk reward, I don't believe, is to buy it here. Now I believe it is to sell it. The thing was ninety dollars. The company, you know, really when you look at the stock, it had been in a serious downtrend for a while here. Now you get all the way back up. We were one hundred and forty dollars back in July twenty eighteen. We were, had a terrible 2018. We really didn't have a great 2019 going. Yes, we were up from the lows, but not nearly as much as what some of the other stocks have been up. Stock was still in a downtrend. Now you get this gift. I think you sell it. Just my opinion.
3: Is it giving anyone else a boost here? The, I mean, this, is this going to kickstart the retail sector? Which is, you know, we're coming into Thanksgiving.
4: Signet's up. So you think like, well, let's go to the jewelry stores. I mean, Tiffany's does a lot of other things, but it's really? thought of as a jewelry store. So I'm not surprised Cignet SIG is trading up 5% here. Signet's come off the oh, low, wow. still got that 8, 8% eight dividend there too. Um, you know, that's Jared, you know, it's their big company, but they have a lot of other businesses as well. So it's trading up, Joel, just to answer your direct question here. I'm sure if there's some other smaller listed of jewelry stores, I don't usually get too far outside the S&P 500 in my trading, but. I'm sure you know if there's any you know type of jewelry stores here, they're probably gonna trade up on this.
3: So not you're not thinking that this will go into like like your J. W. Nordstroms or too much.
4: Uh, let's look at the chart. That's a good question. You know, could we show some life? I mean, Nordstrom's been showing life already here. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have, and Kohl's has too. You know, just quietly, the only one that doesn't show life is Macy's. Macy's never shows any life at all. Could this kickstart some of those? I mean. I don't know. I think you're you're we're reaching here a little bit, but you know, because uh, uh, you know retail stock at the bid doesn't mean other big stocks. In the Nobody's buying Macy's. Nobody's probably buying Kohl's or Nordstrom. Were they buying any of these smaller ones? I don't know. And then we got some downgrades even in the sector today. So I don't know. I can't bring myself to you know go start buying all these retail stocks just because that thing is up.
3: Okay. All right. So just keep an eye on that pre-market high in. Uh in Tiffany's and use that as a target, and you know, obviously wait for more news coming out on this. If they wanted to pay 120, are they going to bump it to 140? I mean, that's pure conjecture and uh, speculation.
4: Other big news, which happened on Friday night, was this contract um, with Ooh. Microsoft and Amazon. And Amazon was expected to win it, but Microsoft ended up getting it. Tell us the details here, Mr. Israel. Yeah. I was actually at the hockey game Friday night, so I did not trade Friday night.
2: This has been. I don't know, I think like I have two years or more maybe in the making. Uh, this, this potentially $10 billion cloud computing contract with the Pentagon. Uh, Oracle was in it. They were out in a previous round. Uh, IBM, they were out in a previous round. It came down to Amazon and Microsoft. Amazon was the favorite. Microsoft is the winner. So
4: Microsoft billion,
2: wins. $10 billion contract.
4: Mr. Softy is gonna make new all time highs on this, I think. So let's just go look the alt well, it already is. The old all time highs one forty two thirty seven. We talked about this on Friday, just setting up. I saw maybe it wasn't even Friday, it was last week somebody was asking me. I was like, it's in consolidation station. I think eventually it's making new all-time highs. Okay, well we're three or four days later. We're making new all-time highs. So I guess we got that one right. Wish I was long. I'm not long. It was a gift on the earnings when it traded down like the 133, 134 area after hours because they bought that right back up. Now you get this. Now it's in full breakout mode. I'm not fading this. Um, this has been wanting to break out for a long time. I'd buy pullbacks on Microsoft. I might even buy pullbacks. Get back down to 141, 142, where the area of you know the old uh, where Pullback. the old high was. Uh, maybe that's where you strike, but Microsoft has been gearing up and this is pushing through resistance. Uh, this is a classic breakout here.
3: Uh, well the good news for Microsoft shareholders is it's up three seventy seven and one forty-four and a half. The bad news is it ticked one forty six fifty this morning.
4: Little 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 excited. Yeah,
3: so man, when you back off like that, I would you know, I wouldn't say the high of the day is for sure in but i would say if you did rally back into the 146 handle you got near 146 and a half cuz not much stock traded up there i wonder if those were the first ticks now they bid it Right off that four AM open, then they took it to one forty six fifty. Yeah. Uh 12,
4: the four AM open. We should stop and talk about that sure. for a bit. I used to always get up and trade at four AM. There was some uh, some opportunities, and there is some opportunities. You gotta watch though, because the liquidity is ridiculously low, even on a stock like Microsoft. It might not even have any bits and offers at four AM. So it opens on ARCA, NASDAQ, four AM. Sometimes there's just no offers at all. So you can have one person's like, Oh, I think this is really good news. They buy like one fifty. Well then real liquidity providers come in and say, no way, it's not worth that, and they start selling it. So um, it's very difficult. You'd never want to be aggressive in 4 A.M. You almost it's almost better sometimes on the fades, but it's tricky. Like I used to trade 4 A.M. a lot, and you know, news is you know sometimes not that fully disseminated out there, but it's not fully out there yet. A lot of your news providers aren't even giving out news yet. So you gotta really watch because a lot of informed traders out there. So you think, oh, you know, here's a stock trading up 10 bucks. It's too high. I'm going to sell it. Well, that person maybe had the information. wasn't, you know, it's out there, but it's 4 a.m., so it's not widely out there. Maybe you didn't find it, the information. You could be wrong. So a lot of informed traders, a lot of booby traps. You could almost call it a 4 a.m. Uh, Danger Will Robinson in those hours. I used to trade it a bit. I used to be okay with it. But again, there's just some times where you're like really get smacked around. Now I got the two-year-old and the five-year-old. It's hard for me to get the 4 a.m. to trade, so I rarely trade the 4 a.m. open anymore
3: would you say it's more of a fade
4: and it depends joel um i mean <laughs> you could come in sometimes and you know maybe something's upgrading and you're like oh it's hot off the press um you know or i you know i saw this upgraded maybe you're gonna get a chance to buy it cheap maybe there's somebody sitting out there still that just wants out i mean those are you know sometimes some opportunities sometimes there's some stocks that go extra dividend like a special dividend or something and people are sitting you know too high on their bids overnight And, you know, sometimes these bids are are still in the book at that time. But, I mean, it's so tricky to take advantage of any of that stuff because 90% of the orders that you're seeing out there are going to be, like, high-frequency informed orders. So, what I mean by that is they have all the information. You're you're never going to usually beat a high-frequency trader in an information game. You know, it's difficult because there are obviously a lot of money put into those programs. I mean, some some algorithmic programs are obviously not, you know, as, as informed as others, but it, it's tricky to, to beat anybody at 4 a.m. So lot, a lot of danger.
3: I like the 6 p.m. open in the, in the minis uh, just because you could. there's lower risk trades there. Right. I, I did not get I, I was bit in the close. Uh, they're laughing at me still. I can cancel that. We closed at 20 and a quarter. We must have had some sellers um, on the close. I don't know. We sold off the high, but I figured if I could get it flat on the session, you know, it might be a good buy. Uh, Opened up 3.023 even, ticked one tick lower, and boom, uh, we've gone up to 29.50. So, uh, opens are important. I guess, you know, that 4 a.m. open in stocks doesn't have quite the liquidity. But, uh, Triple D, what are you going to do when we go to 24-7 markets?
4: Uh, Maybe never sleep again.
3: (laughs) All right, we got a – there's a couple stocks here. They're popping in the chat before we move on. I know we got some new stock. Uh, let's talk about Tesla and what an unbelievable day on Tesla. I know a few people here in the chat caught it. I was saying, well, if it can get over 300 and hold 300, it's looking pretty good. I had absolutely no idea that it would hold, you know, it opened up. I didn't
4: think it was going to run like that in one day. We talked about it and we said, I think it's a lot of people caught short. You can rewind the tape from Friday and I said, I think the path of least resistance is higher. I did not know it was gonna run another 30 points. So, you know, that's, you know, we are we both on the right side of the trade. We didn't trade it, but I mean, we are both right when we were talking about it. Um, it, it. It's squeezing the hell out of everyone right now. And there are so many people who are short, short this thing and caught short this thing, and they're in full panic mode now. So what does that mean? It means it could keep squeezing them again. I mean, eventually you're gonna have a little bit of give back The things went from 240 to 330, 90 points in two days. You're coming in now, you are definitely chasing. But don't be surprised. Squeezes can go on for longer than you think. So I would not be surprised if we even squeezed them a little bit more. Um, if it takes out the high, 330, you could be at 340, I mean, today. That it could happen. But uh, hard to come in and buy it now.
3: I don't know what happened in January. I might have, it must have been earnings. On January 17th, you had a close of 47.31. The next day, you closed at 0226. Is that – I can't remember. Could you look it up real quick and see what I mean, that Yeah, I can was? look. There's, there's so
2: many headlines and Tesla that I can't. Where are you looking? I cannot remember back. What to dates? January seventeenth. It could. It could have been. A,
3: it had it, to be it, earnings. It could have
2: been deliveries. It
4: could have been something. deliveries too. It could have
3: been a tweet. Was that when uh, uh, Elon was smoking uh, yeah. on uh, TV?
2: With Joe oh, Rogan? See, it could have been that too. I. Okay. I cannot keep the Tesla headlines straight in my head.
3: Alright. Well, what I'm so trying to say those. in a in a long winded version is there's a gap in here. So, if you think it's barreling through 3.30 today, I'd keep an eye on that 3.30. That was a high on Friday. And even if it goes, like, to 3.32 and then comes back down and pulls back, and, you th- you know, let's see if it holds 3.30 on a closing basis. But basically, what the chart is saying is your next target would be to fill the gap at 3.44.14. Oh,
4: and that could do it.
3: I'm not running out the We came
4: 90 points. I mean, yeah, so you're coming in for the last 15 because that's where your target. I think it could do it. I don't want to be short this thing. I still don't. I never wanted to be short this thing. I wanted to be long at the whole time. I was long. You know, you I, you I, I did write some puts. I made some long. money that way, but wish I'd have been flat out long in the stock.
3: Weren't you long at 215? Yeah.
4: Oh, I wrote puts. No, no. I did. I, I had it long once. Not that low. I, I got out. I actually was long at like 280, and then I turned around. I went up to like 300, came back down to 280 or something, and I, I, I got out. I think I actually scratched the trade. And it went way lower so it was a good sell I've never rebought it. so I did it the other way remember I said "I don't think it's going bankrupt and I wrote puts Low, the 120s out to like you know two years out and I got some nice premium for it. well stock ran up the puts you know started to come in and I covered I obviously shouldn't have because it'll be really worth a lot less now but anyways, I never had a chance sure to rewrite. I know Jeremy played it that way too it's, it was it was a good way to
2: play it, I think. there's
4: a a better way to stomach it we'll say that because i could never stomach just owning the stock because of volatility so much but when you're doing it you know deep in the money puts like that writing them, or deep out of the the money puts writing them i mean the moves you know when it moves 10 bucks those puts move like a buck you can stomach it a lot better that's the only reason i was trading it that way because i couldn't stomach the stock
2: january 30th joel right no 17th oh the 17th The, the 30th was earnings the seventeen
3: that must have been deliveries or something
2: was. Let's see what it was. Um, if it was a time- oh, it was uh they they had a recall in China. They announced they uh, uh their layoffs and uh yeah, I think it was just it was lay it wasn't running. It was layoffs and they had a recall in China on that day. Okay, all right. So
4: let's jump over here and. There's a lot of earnings reports we haven't covered here yet. Yeah, let's sure, go to let's AT&T. Let's do, let's do the two or three big earnings reports from the point of the huge earnings week. We're going to get Google tonight.
2: We're going to get Beyond Meats tonight? Yep. Well, that's an exciting one. And Beyond Meat also has their uh, lockup expiration this week. Uh, all but, kinds of fun stuff there. Let's go at okay. <laughs> at this morning, the Q3 adjusted EPS beat the estimate by a penny, 94 cents versus 93 cents. Sales missed by a smidge, 44.58 billion versus a $45 billion estimate, but essentially in line on, on the Q3 numbers there. They guided that their uh, full year 2020 sales guidance will be between $3.60 and $3.70. That is in line. Also, don't forget tomorrow they have a streaming event, a Warner Media event tomorrow. They're gonna, they're going to talk about uh, HBO Max and their streaming stuff tomorrow.
4: They didn't get any love for that Joker movie, eh? Uh, we
2: tried well, to
4: give them some love, but they didn't give any get any love for that. Well, it's that's Time Warner.
2: Well, okay, but part of the, can I tell you part of the reason why that is? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Totally.
2: They didn't think it was going to be a hit. I was reading about this, so apparently. They it, they didn't shoulder all the risk and therefore are not reaping uh, all. So <laughs> that yeah. is that is one. Anyways, we,
4: so you think like a hit they, like that movie's they, breaking records. They gave and away
2: you, yeah they gave away the majority of the uh
4: because uh, uh, so, when Disney have, gets one of those movies like you know breaks records you know right. the stock usually responds and it's like AT and T this is
2: Time Warner this is one of their babies. Have you seen it? It, yeah, it,
3: it Joel, really, did you see it?
2: it? It has set records.
3: Have you seen it? No, Not yet. I, I, just, want, to I don't see really it. want to see it. I haven't yeah, gotten around. I, I haven't well, gotten Laura around.
4: won't go with me. We should I'll, go as a group here. I'm
3: not going.
4: <laughs> I want to, You want to go, Spencer? I'd go with you. Cause yeah, yeah, Laura, I, Laura won't go. She's too scared. Time she time saw time. the trailer. She got creeped right out. That's my yeah. wife, Laura.
3: I around to it's it just going to be one of the things where you invite us and then you're going to try and make us pay for the tickets.
4: <laughs> Joel's got to he has got to get out of this ticket. Okay, fine, Joel. I'll buy your ticket for okay. the Tuesday hockey game. Oh, my game. God, Joel. <laughs> Look what he's done. He worked himself right out of that. Yeah, he went right
3: to a hockey game. Okay. He, oh, he won to uh, Edmonton. He will to go to the hockey game.
4: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you so you got to buy everybody's ticket. Maybe that's the way it worked 30 that's years not ago. How I it works.
3: offer you – I got to say I offer you to go to two Michigan games. And I asked you to go to one a while ago, and then I asked you on Saturday. Spencer, <laughs> if I ever made I didn't
4: go, I could you to a Notre Dame Michigan uh, game. I didn't make you play. listen. Joel, you already have you those got tickets.
3: them for free from that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been illegal.
4: Dennis Joel didn't... likes everything for free. <laughs> I,
3: like I just TV. think it's
4: fine, edible. Joel. I will buy your ticket. All
3: right. I'm not going bank. to break the bank. It's the Oilers
4: to... and wings. They're not expensive.
3: It's dinner too. Don't you coming over? At goal. dinner,
4: I got to buy you dinner now too. Look at the way this guy works. Oh, a him manipulate you. You got to be buying me dinner. You owe me like four steak dinners. So I'm coming over and I'm take, collecting on one of my steak dinners. You're buying the steak dinner and you're taking you Spencer should. too. There's like four steak dinners you're, we're
3: owed. Where are we
4: going to go? Where's a good steakhouse downtown, Spencer?
3: Uh, Coney Island. Like prime, from. Coney Island.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, the Joel's saying he's taking us to steak dinners at Coney Island. All right. Uh, back to at t here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all wound up now. 38 bucks. What's yeah, gonna happen there?
3: There you go, stealing my content.
4: Just like CNBC, stealing our content.
3: There's a, uh, you spiked up. Someone got real excited. Took this to 38.35, and I can't really say 38 even, but I do see a pair of highs between 38.14 and 38.36. So if you sneak over 38, which doesn't look like we're gonna do right now, just be aware you got the pair of highs. I'll call it 38 and a quarter. That would be a great target if uh, they can continue this rally in AT uh, and Just take thirty thirty. What a nice number that is. Backed off buck and a half, uh, trading at twenty eight fifty. All
4: right, and then we got also reporting this morning W B A. Oh,
2: okay, and and Spotify. We'll, we'll, oh yeah, let's
4: go Spotify. It's more fun. Okay. W B A is boring. And Spotify is up ten bucks. Let's go find one.
2: Uh, Spotify, their numbers were in line, uh, $0.40 cents a share. Uh, actually, that was a big beat, although there must have been some adjustments because they were expected to lose $0.40 cents a share. Uh, revenue, $1.93 billion versus $1.92 billion. New subs, $5 million. That is in line with the previously uh, given guidance. So good report
4: big pop coming back trend still not your friend here but it is bucking the trend and starting to break that downtrend here so it's interesting on pullbacks not facing up 10 bucks if was to come in maybe i'm interested but i don't know spot the the problem is is this company is ever going to make money really like what how much do they lose
2: let's talk you know they beat but how much do they lose this quarter Right. Well, on an adjusted basis, they
3: they made some money. But uh, All right. Well, on an
4: adjusted basis, but let's start seeing some cash coming. I need to start seeing some of these companies make money because –
3: We've seen this one coming uh, for sure. Um, about a month and a half ago, uh, Neil added the pre-market prep show to Spotify.
4: Oh, that's the catalyst. Yeah. And yeah. a month ago, it bottomed.
3: Did you see that? We've got to
4: start following ourselves. Did, Where did, else are we getting added to, Spencer.
2: I say it every day. We're pretty much wherever you can get your podcasts. The spot we're on Google. Next
4: on- time we add something like Spotify, we need to know that because that's the pillar here. There
3: are no other
2: public. Thanks
4: to pre market prep for there, helping us. There are Spotify. no other
2: plays. There are no other plays for uh, us.
3: So. My area of interest today. Although I mean, it didn't
4: work with Zoom.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Zoom's at 63 now. We went to Zoom when it was like at 100 bucks.
3: We <laughs> uh, did it before the IPO, weren't
4: we? Oh, maybe we did. Yeah. Were we on Zoom before the IPO?
3: I can't remember. So That's I'm a sure. bad. Yes, we bad. were. Yes, we were. <laughs> one thirty-three, one thirty-three twenty. If you're really looking for a good target here, and you don't want to sell in the pre-market action here, I would see back if you pull up your daily chart. You guys can see what I'm looking at on the 10th, 11th, and 12th of of September. You had all your highs in the 133 handle, from 13318 to 13357. So. Uh, I'll cut you know if you're really holding on on this one today. I think you could see 133 and a quarter. Uh, that's at two and a, over two dollars from where it's trading. I have no idea when it goes into reverse. I have absolutely no idea where support is. Dennis, give us support on that
4: one, Rob. Hood just well, I don't know where support is on this one. What stock are you on now?
3: Well, you go Rob Hood and then you go
4: Spotify. Stock. Spotify, still, yeah. Well, I already said I'm done with Spotify, I moved on. Okay. So I don't know where there is any support no, on
2: this. No, he's distracted because we're debating in the chat that the mayor... Yeah.
4: Because we, you know what, <laughs> this, this is going to come out, Spencer. <laughs> it was actually your original idea to go to the Oilers. Game. Okay, fine. Oh, it, was so my- <laughs> game? it was my idea, but I think it we- was oh, Spencer's no idea. So Spencer's got to buy us tickets.
3: <laughs> oh, now, oh, no wonder Spencer's like, well, I don't like
4: the. <laughs> yeah, now, I- now the truth. Goes. If you actually bring this all the way back, it was like he knows I'm an Oilers fan. He's like, let's go to the Oilers game.
2: Was it was like, sure, great.
4: I'll buy tickets, I said.
2: You didn't already have them. It was an idea to go. <laughs> it was Spencer's them. original idea. So uh, this is going to be
4: great. Spencer's going <laughs> to buy the hockey tickets. Joel's going to buy a steak dinner. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go for everything for free. That's great. Just fantastic. <laughs> all right. You can
3: tell, like, when I was saying, we should make Dennis pay, Spencer, it was like, even before I mentioned it to you, he was like, nah. No,
2: nah, I mean, no. And see, Joel, <laughs> this is why. <laughs> it's, not, it's not at all what I said. I'm, I'm going to pay for my own because that's how it should be.
1: Yeah, because you started the whole thing. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Okay. beers there, right? Behind section 102.
4: (laughs) This is crazy. So listen to this. I was at the game on Friday and I'm like looking at the sign, and there's 24 ounce beers for $13 or 12 ounce beers for $5. I've never seen that in my life. I was like, well, I'll take the $5 beer. I'm like, this is arbitrage. I'm like, have you ever seen that you get actually a discount for buying a smaller beer? $5 $5 beer for 12, 12 ounce or $5. The large beer, the 24 ounce is $13. What? What's going on with that? That's behind section 101, a little Caesars.
3: Well, let's not do. It's what, completely uh,
4: mispriced. We're going to, we can arb that Joel.
3: Let's not do what we did at the Notre Dame game a few years ago.
4: Well, that's BYOB. Don't do that in no color. Yeah, we that. got in trouble. We a paid goal.
3: them back though for kick, trying to kick us out. Of they the did place.
4: try to kick us out. They let
2: us go. They just made us dumpy. They made us dumpy a little Mickey yeah don't tell stuff like that 834 here let's take a quick break and grab our guest today tim seymour uh from cnbc also of seymour asset management so we'll be right back in a moment here with tim all right welcome back everyone pre-market prep spencer israel joel on dennis dick joined now by tim seymour from fast money tim how's it going Hey, guys. How are you? Good morning. Uh, Tim, you were just at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference in Chicago last week. Enlighten us. What did you uh, – w- we weren't invited, so, so what did you learn?
0: <laughs> well, you know, guys, it was a standing room only event, so we've got to get quality folks in there and oh, yeah. uh, need to keep, you know, a little face control at the door as well. Yeah, that's so that's um, true. That's true. just kidding. Just kidding. Um Look in in the middle of what's undoubtedly a bear market in cannabis. It was pretty impressive to see uh, what you know, what remains the the enthusiasm for the base investment case, and and frankly, just you know a lot more uh, rationalization in the sector. Um, very much you know the same real players. In fact, I would I would argue it's a, it's a more comprehensive kind of group of folks that were gathered there from broader you know broader sector broader industry interests et cetera. so fantastic event combining really the best companies in the industry and uh, investors and and folks that have been you know at this for a long time I mean this you know for, for, the, for those of us been investing in cannabis it's this isn't a you know a six or a 12 or an 18 month trade this is something that's been going on for a long time and, and something that I think uh, the commitment to investing in the sector remains just that uh, you know there's 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 going to be some difficult Periods, capital markets are uh, have been brutal, and and I think there's a lot of different reasons for that, which include just the, the structure of of uh, the legality that's allowed. Uh, really, only Canada to be the place where money can be raised in traditional capital markets, and that's had huge huge issues. So, um, great event. Congrats to your to your colleagues because uh, it was uh, you know really an important event to be at.
2: Is there a specific uh, area of the industry though? Is it uh, that you sense the most excitement over I, I, look
0: I, I think one of the, the the things that has me the most excited is that this is is becoming a very sophisticated consumer products uh, story, or if you want to look at it in kind of classic industry, CPG terminology or FMCG terminology, or, you know, for the consumer uh, analysts out there, I mean, this is this is going to be no different than, um, you know, assessing uh, branding, distribution, logistics, ERP software. Um, it's going to be you know, very much a, a consumer story. Uh, yes, there's an adult market, there's a medical market, there's a wellness market, there's a lifestyle market. So there's different ways that that will shake out but anyone who's who's focused on on investing in cannabis should be focused on how to get exposure to uh to some of the parts of of uh you know this retail element of it all that i i think define investing in other sectors in the same way and and so early stage was very much about cultivation and and infrastructure and and uh and whatnot and maybe as much of an asset trade um funded production funded capacity you know that kind of thing or not funded for that matter but um yeah i think that's where i would be focused if i were investing today and I, have an, and I have an ETF, by the way, for oh, those there, folks. That there, are there,
3: you go. there we go. We're on the line with Tim Seabor. You guys all know him from CNBC's Fast Money. He's CIO of Seymour Asset Management. And you took the words right out of my mouth here. Uh, we talked <laughs> a lot about the markets, right? And uh, Dennis, with his uh, 400 stocks in his portfolio, you know, gets dinged and has good stuff and bad stuff. I've been a lot, you know, ETFs, uh, the Vanguard, high dividend yield ETFs. Are you trying to pick individual stocks? I guess you already answered this for me. Are you trying to pick individual stocks in this sector, or do you just kind of like the blanket coverage uh, with the ETFs?
0: Um, Sorry, we're still talking cannabis, or are we talking broader?
3: Uh, Cannabis.
0: Yeah, so look, I I think for investors, investing thematically is – important especially when it's difficult to do a lot of the work that that you know we're, we're doing on a daily basis so I, I think investing in the etf world is is an effective way to get that exposure it, it's not you know it's not the end-all be-all and you're going to rise and fall with the tide uh, of of uh, what the overall investment thematic performance is of that sector and it's been it's been a challenging. I don't know. Three months, you could call it. Maybe since since April, when valuations peaked, you know, I would argue um, that I think in the public and the private markets, putting new new dollars to work here will be, uh, I, I think very effective and, and very tactical in, in the big picture. Um, I run an ETF that is 33, 34 stocks that is attempting to try to give investors a chance to, to invest tactically, but but more importantly, thematically, with with companies that we think are the right ones to own today. And then hopefully we're, we're pushing on the Its to be investing in the companies that are the right ones to be investing tomorrow. Um, for someone that's run long-short equities and been involved in emerging markets and new asset classes and whatnot what's what's different about this is it you know I'm, I'm not trying to catch every you know every, every every twist and turn in the market on a daily basis the goal is to do work on companies to roll up your sleeves meet with the management teams understand who's real who's not um and and i think that's that's how investors should be looking at the sector because i think it's going to continue to evolve rapidly and i think that's you know that's the way to invest because uh investment concepts and and focus of of today are very different than the ones of 12 months ago and I'm quite sure uh it, it will be different in another 12 months so you know part of that is we are also somewhat constrained by what we can invest in so to be clear this is a it's a 40 act product. It's it's which means we've got both generic listing standards and requirements that any ETF would have, um, governed by the SEC. Which means that we we too are challenged by some of the federal restrictions uh, of investing in companies in the U.S. who may be legal in the underlying states they do business in, but on a federal level have uh, uh, you know are not, and therefore uh, we can't own that exposure. We can own pure play either uh, you know fully legal U.S. stories as they relate to CBD and hemp and, and distribution and medical. Um, and and then on a global basis, we, we can own the companies that operate in the federal jurisdiction that, that, that is their own that is legal. So it's obviously mostly Canada, um, but we can invest in Israel, we can invest in Australia, which are other places that have the uh, the federal dynamic as, as part of it. So that's, you know, and I think that's going to change. I think the legislative environment in cannabis is changing dramatically. And, and I think, you know, my hope is, and I continue to be talking to folks and have access to folks in Washington. I think the legislative developments for the sector for the U.S. continue to be pretty exciting. And I think uh, this is a pre 2020 election event for the U.S. Uh, where I think you're going to have a lot more access to capital markets for these companies. Uh, not forecasting full descheduling necessarily, but I do think that there's a lot of opportunity that's going to come in the capital markets before the elections.
2: And CNBS uh, is actively managed uh and is that is that just is that what you've decided what's best because of the industry is so new right is that the reason why it's active yeah
0: yeah i think so i mean i i think um so yeah our ticker is CNBS, which is how you abbreviate cannabis and and you know my goal is to is to actively be investing in a sector that is is going to change and and so some of the early leaders uh, will you know very possibly be uh, the leaders tomorrow, some of them will not be and, and I think what we're seeing with uh, both corporate governance and and really you know balance sheet and kind of cash flow management there's some companies that are doing a great job and there's some companies that just are not doing a very good job so um being you know being active means that you can make adjustments quickly if there are corporate governance dynamics um that that are you know unclear uncomfortable uh, don't you know, don't don't pass. Uh, you know, kind of a, a rigorous uh, analysis. Or there's M&A on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that that could you know change the. Some of the, 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 you know, kind of the key components of some of the biggest companies in the sector. So having to wait around to rebalance or having to um, necessarily own a company because it's in an index, you know, these are things that I just don't think make sense for the sector. So you know, actively managed uh, doesn't necessarily mean um, hey, you know, we're in a better position to to do X, Y, or Z. It means that by by definition. Um, you know, we're in there every day and, and we're, we're assessing what to do with, with the companies and we're meeting with management teams and we're, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, best define find the, the, the most investable landscape. But, um, you know, I, I think that's, what's exciting about this industry. And, and uh, I'm sure for investors who've, who've been investing in cannabis, you know, there's a lot of folks look like a lot of sectors. Um, the most money was lost at the top. Um, more money was lost than has been made in the sector. Um, as, as you started to see the biggest, you know, investor interest, it came when valuations were at their peaks and unsustainable. So I, I think investors rightly should be cautious, should be, uh, as conservative as they can be. Um, I do think that the environment today has brought a lot of, of investment rationalization into the sector. Um, I'm seeing it in valuations and I'm also involved in a, uh, in a hedge fund. So I'm building a hedge fund with, with another guy named Jason Wilde, who's also been in the sector for a long time. And we're, we're, we're running a cannabis dedicated fund, which is, is invested more in the private space, although we can invest it in the publics. And, and so, you know, the valuations that we're seeing in, in great companies, including some, some industry leaders now, especially brands that have already established themselves, especially in key markets like California or, or, uh, or in Florida, uh, that are trading for you know one and a half to two times or or even you know or even less trading at one times revenues uh, because the industry needs so much capital if there's a, if you have a fresh dollar to allocate for capital right now um, it it has it has uh, a lot of reach and it also means that we can extract better investment terms from from uh, the companies who are trying to raise capital because frankly there 's not a lot of capital out there, so I think it 's an exciting time to be investing um, you know one of the experiences I have from investing in emerging markets which you know are highly risky asset classes and less liquid and and you know developing legislatively and and don't necessarily have the same deep investor institutional pool uh, behind them they're very similar right and and um you know the couple things that always come to mind it it can always get cheaper can always get worse Um, but that also the most money is made when things go from terrible to just bad Uh, and and I think you know we've we've uh, probably got that dynamic going on right now and bad obviously is not our outlook for the future Um, it just means you know our companies that are struggling to make money uh, that are falling under the weight of uh, heavy capex opEx exposure that are trying hard to grow in a growth industry without growth capital so you know those have created some enormous opportunities
4: Tim, Dennis Dick from Bright Trading. You just mentioned emerging markets, and that's where actually I wanted to bring the conversation to because I always enjoy your right. commentary on fast money when you talk emerging markets. I look at the EEM and I see, you know, the last seven, eight years, and obviously the U.S. markets have been in a pretty good bull run from then. If you look comparatively, the SPY from 2013 was around 130, now we're 300, so we've more than doubled. The EEM has gone nowhere. Do you think there's a potential for a catch up trade here?
0: Yeah, it it, it really, it. it Depending on how you've invested in emerging markets, uh, as you pointed out, you've you've been sideways in money, um, certainly, you know, over the last couple of years but right you, you could make an argument going back ten years uh, you've done you've done nothing and what's even more frustrating is if you're a relative value investor um, the EEM relative to the S&P has actually continued to make new lows right because as we know the S&P has been going higher um, okay. so even as recently as, as say August um, you had uh, you know a ratio you could track is very simply uh, the the eem divided by the spy and and on august i don't know third week of august basically it it got to a 10-year low on a relative basis against the s&p um now since that point it's actually outperformed uh by let's see i'm just got my chart in front of me yeah it's out it's outperformed by about four percent since august so um in in kind of a more accommodating environment for both the dollar, uh, for, you know, I think the dynamics across Europe and some sense of, uh, you know, you guys have as good of a guess as, as I do on what's going on with trade discussions. But, but I think the, 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 keys for emerging markets remain. Um, look, if the dollar is, is put in a, a, you know, some type of a recent high, uh, short to medium term. Uh, that's a fantastic environment for emerging because I think E.M. currencies look look, you know, on a relative basis to themselves very cheap to to where they have been trading. Uh, and in emerging markets, half-year return is 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 uh, you know very much currency based. Think of the components of the E.E.M. and you you get right to you know the top of the balance sheet, which is dominated by by Samsung, Alibaba. Uh, Taiwan semi 10 cent and, and I think you know there's no question that that the if you look at Taiwan semi and you look at some of the you know kind of the tech components of of EEM, it's actually been a pretty good run, right And so if you're investing in emerging markets, you don't necessarily um, you, you haven't underperformed in certain parts of of your allocation, and Taiwan semi is at all-time highs. Um, if you look at if you look at Samsung, it's it's actually started to have this 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 breakout that's uh, you know pretty impressive, and it's you know kind of been tracking Apple as once again they even though Samsung is a more diversified and and has a lot of semiconductor exposure as well. Um, you know I, I think. I think Samsung continues to trade well, and I think it will continue to trade well. And then when I look at Alibaba and Tencent, I think they're two of the the most attractively priced mega cap tech companies in the world, with obviously plenty of of, uh, uh, headwinds around both where they they sit in a global trade war dynamic, uh, Big Brother in China, and you know some folks have been concerned about some of the dynamics for those two companies. But uh, I, I love Tencent. Uh, I love it for the gaming exposure. I think it's arguably um, a uh, you know one of the most sophisticated kind of VC tech incubator companies in the world. And then they have their core social platforms in in, in China and across Asia that that are dominant. Um, and you know Alibaba is is also what it is, and Alibaba. Uh, like Amazon has the different components of its business that I think people uh, you know forget about sometimes, both in, in terms of their exposure to to the cloud, but Alipay um, and financial, etc. So I mean I think you know these are these are reasons to like emerging markets. Um, I think buy and holds uh, and the index as it's constituted remains challenging because there's a lot of other stuff in there uh, that I think will trade heavy. But you know to finish on emerging markets, uh, yeah, I really like India here. Uh, continue like Brazil here, uh, and I think in an absence of global inflation, the places that have historically had a, a lot of structural inflation and have had been, you know, have had central bank uh, concerns around their need to uh, be raising interest rates, etc. I think you've got this is this is the other side of the entire environment we're in. I think those types of of uh, economies benefit here.
2: All right, we've been on the line with Tim Seymour. Seeing him on CNBC is Fast Money. He's also the CIO of Seymour Asset Management. As we mentioned, CNBS is his actively managed cannabis ETF. Tim, we'd love to get you on again before this earnings season wraps up
0: be great, guys. This all is right. always a, a fantastic conversation. I wish they allowed me to talk this much on Fast Money. But, <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: they're, they're
4: fighting they're with that damn Nathan guy saying. all the time. Here.
3: <laughs> get ready bring in Tim Seymour. And I can I'm going
4: to get fired off this yeah. show, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. uh, it's my pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. All right. All right, all right. 852 here. Uh, Joel, what are we missing?
3: Busting miss? out, new all-time high, up 12 handles, 30, 32 and a half opening above at this point the former all-time high 30 31 and a quarter uh so man i'm just like keep upping my bids here and just chasing as you would say but if it comes back down mid-range on the session thirty twenty eight, uh it looks like a lower risk buy to me
4: i mean we've been talking about we've been bullish on this show for a while here now and you know it just looks like this market wants to go higher and you know here we are Um, you know, we're challenging and we look like we're going to try to make new all-time highs on the SPY. I mean, this is right now. Are we not touching in the pre-market on the SPY? So, I mean, pullbacks are being bought, money managers, there's everybody's expectations that a trade deal is getting done. That has been the number one worry for this market here. And obviously, you know, that um, is starting to look like we might get something happening soon. At least the market is speculating that we might get something happening there soon. And that is the catalyst. But, you know what, the earnings have been, you know, even the earnings that haven't been good have been bought. I mean, Caterpillar had a disaster report. Look at that stock. I mean, the, st- the earnings were not good. It didn't matter. They turned around, they bought the dip. And not only did they buy the dip, they kept buying it. So you have stocks like Tesla that have good numbers and keep running. And then you have stocks that actually had some disappointing numbers like Caterpillar, and they got bought too. I mean, we've seen multiple examples of this as well, where stocks somehow have, would have disappointed. I mean, even Microsoft last week was down on its initial numbers there. Maybe it was, you know, Algo's looking, you know, at the non-adjusted number. But I mean, when, when you look here, Microsoft making new all-time highs too. It's very difficult to paint the bearish scenario here when you got everything breaking out. I never want to be short a stock when it's making a new all-time high. And I definitely don't want to be short the market when it's making a new all-time high.
3: All right. Uh, we just printed thirty-two seventy-five. Spencer, we didn't get to all of our Walgreens. Board.
2: Walgreens. Wal- Walgreens. Boots Alliance beat on their EPS by two cents, a buck forty-three versus buck forty-one. Sales also beat thirty-three point nine five versus thirty-three point nine billion dollars. So, uh, top line and bottom line beat for Walgreens.
4: Hard to fade this too because you know what? You've been in consolidation station for a long time. It's a stock that was $85 a year ago. You're at 56 now. You could go. You could come back to 60, 65, and still be in a downtrend here. So you're coming here and saying, "Yeah, the trend is not your friend. It's still down. It's still a retail stock. It's still maybe too many of these stores on every corner." But right now, this market is just making it difficult to short anything. So you know what? This could be a stock that could run a little bit. I mean, it could be one that just pulls back. Maybe the money just goes full growth and we start running into the Rokus and the Shopify's and all the fun stuff again there. But we've seen this trade to value here, you know, very sustained in the last month. We've seen a lot of money rotate out of, you know, some of those higher growth names into the value names. This is a value name. It's about 3.26% dividend. It's a company that makes decent money. Even if, you know, you don't believe the growth is there, it's a value name that has been catching a bit too. So I don't want to be short this one either.
3: Uh, above 56, things really open up here. Your pre-market high comes in at 56.50. You had a little high above 56, but yeah, look at the daily. There's not much here between 56 and 58. So holding 56, good for this one. Don't know if we have a steam to get to 58 today, uh, but that's looking like a pretty clear breakout. Over 56 WBA. And CVS, uh, that's hang- that's made a nice comeback. That's that's come
4: back 20, a long ways, man. too, yeah. too. Had a lot of insider buys back in the mid 50s. We talked about those in the show. A lot of times when you see some significant insider buys, I'm not talking about like buying 10,000 shares. There was some significant buys in that CVS. I don't remember if it was July or August, but when you start seeing insiders pouring in significant money, a lot of times those insiders end up being right. And here it is. It's up 10 points from where those insider buys were. And obviously, if you held through that time, you did very well.
3: Uh, Let's see if I'm trying to find it here. Insider buys of the week. This was back in March, March 17th um, on Benzinga CVS Health Uh, directors, two different directors, 12,000 shares, 636,000. And they had bought another twelve thousand the previous week, so over a million. There,
4: there, there were some other ones in there too. There's been some okay. insider buys going in CVS. You know, you can obviously get those from the SEC if you go in your Benzinga Pro. Make sure when you go to your sources, this is the best place to get it. So if you're right, if you just go into your sources, I'll tell you how to do this right now. Check SEC box. That's where you're going to see your insider buys come in, and obviously, you know, those uh, can be very influential sometimes. So get this right in your Pro. Yep,
2: so, I, I, I would have personally, I would have two new seeds. One for the Benzinga wire. Yep. One for SEC slash press releases. This is what I
4: have. I have Benzinga wire, I have press releases, and I have the SEC. And I have Benzinga signals there too. Right. But um, I have all those checked.
2: But there some are some Benzinga Pro. There can be so much noise between the PRs and the SEC that I, I have that as, as a separate news feed. A separate Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. The SEC pops out headlines yeah. like yeah. like crazy. Right. so you know you're right you should almost have a separate window going for that because you can get lost in it you know where we have a lot of individual company news where you know your your you benzinga uh you know we have charles is four to five o'clock just after the bell There's a lot of that and then it starts starts up. but those sec filings just keep pouring in all night all yeah so all night so you know if you're checking that and reading everyone you're gonna get a headache reading that many headlines but you know there there is some summaries going on in there and the ben, and obviously you know there's some if we get some significant insider buys on stocks that are beaten up, those can be very influential. So just before we close, we only got two minutes left here. I'm going to give you a quick imbalance look because we haven't looked at those yet. I do see at and now trading up over $38. We said, what does it do at 38 Well, it went up to 38 What does it do to a hold? Um, it's the kind of stock that, you know, in this environment maybe is not going to get bought as much. So I almost think, you know, I've been pretty bullish all stocks. I don't know if I'd be buying at and up here, though. Um, we do have some multiple highs here up here at 38 um, it is a stock that is more of a bond play, more of a dividend play. Remember, TLT is trading down here again. TLT has been out of favor here for the last little while as they st- as money has been pouring back in the stocks. So we know, you know, that's the main reason why the banks have been very strong too. Is TLT has been weaker. So you start thinking about your utilities. I'm like fading those rallies. You start thinking, you know, about some of your REITs. I'd be more of a fader of those rallies now. I think the easy money has been made in the utilities and the REITs. I think I'd actually be selling those because if we go into this full, you know, breakout bull market. They're not going to be buying your Procter and Gamble too. They're not going to be buying your utility stocks. You know, they've had incredible runs. I mean, Southern has run from 55 to 62 in two months. A huge run for a stock that's got a, a, a big dividend as well. I think it's time to take profits in the utilities. I think it's time to take profits in the REITs. I think it's time, to it continues to be time to put on a little bit more risk here if you don't have it on. If you're underweight risk and you think this big bear market's coming, I think you're wrong.
2: All right. On that note, that'll be it for our show. I want to thank our guest, Tim Seymour. Thanks to all of you in our chats, both of them, the one on YouTube and the one on premarketing.com. Catch our podcast. We're on Spotify, as we mentioned, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, most of your podcast platforms, or just rewatch our show on YouTube. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. And as we mentioned on Friday, if you wanna be on this Friday's edition of whatever we call it, uh, the Hot Potato segment, email us, premarket at That's it for now. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll, we'll be back with you on Tuesday.